If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where we keep you motivated, inspired, and thinking big. Up-leveling into quantum revenue is a choice that we can all make in any moment and then continue to make that choice to stay in that space each day. On this podcast, Ursula will share revenue growth strategies to reach your next level and introduce you to CEOs just like you who are making it happen. What's your next quantum leap going to be? See it, own it, and take that first step. If this is you, then Ursula wants to invite you to join us at the next 2X Intensive now. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. You're listening to Quantum Revenue Expansion with your host, Ursula Menchez. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Quantum Revenue Expansion podcast. Super excited to have you back as we talk about how to turn your annual income into your monthly income. And today I have a special guest who's going to help us talk about marketing to get you to that next level in your business. I have the amazing Tamika OY here with us today. Tamika, I want to say welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ursula. I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I've gotten to know you over the last, I don't know, like six months or more. It's just been such a pleasure and just getting inside your head and your brain to see how marketing can really work and how to make it easy. And we're going to talk about all those things today. But before we do that, to our listeners all over the world, we love you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We have listeners in so many countries now, and I'm just so grateful that you're here with us and that you keep coming back. And just a reminder, if you love the show, if you love the show, go to wherever you listen, leave us a review, and then come back and go to UrsulaInc.co forward slash giveaway. Because if you leave a review for us, we love to say thank you. And we have a special gift for you. You get a copy, a digital copy of my book, One Great Goal, along with an audio process to go with it. Also, if you haven't yet, we make this super easy. We have a gift for you. You can take the Quantum Revenue Expansion Masterclass and you can find it on our website. It's so easy. It's on the homepage. Like it's literally right in front of you. I didn't want to make it difficult for you to find. So go to UrsulaInc.co and register for Quantum Revenue Expansion, the Masterclass. Here's a little bit about what I cover. I show you how to create a very simple model month template to go from 10,000 to 20,000 or 40,000 to 80,000, whatever your 2X is, we make it simple for you to figure out. So you get that plus 
The second part of the training includes a way for you to uplevel your pricing and your packages in a way that's in alignment with you and doesn't feel challenging. A lot of our clients get challenged with that. It's like, Ursula, I don't know how to uplevel my prices. I don't want to increase my prices. What if no one will buy? And the truth is when your pricing is totally in alignment with you, you get more clients. So you want to, you definitely want to hear that part of it. And then finally, during the third part of training, I talk about how to collapse time to reach your goals even faster. And there's some cool ways to do that. There's some quantum ways to do that. And there's some ways to do that with team time process systems. So definitely get registered UrsulaInc.co. All you got to do is put in a little bit of information and we get you the class and all the things. So we'd love to see you there. Finally, if you haven't hang out with us at the 2X Intensive yet. I want to invite you to do that. If you want the details, just go to UrsulaInc.co, that's .co forward slash apply. Send us a few of your details and we will send you all the information on the 2X Intensive and how you can really 2X your sales or 10X for some of you and figure out exactly the life you want to create, the business you want to create with other CEOs who are making it happen. All right, I think I got all the things. And with all of that said, have a fun conversation today. So if you haven't yet, grab your coffee, grab your tea, your water. I think Tamika's got some delicious looking ice water with lemonade. It's, it's summertime here in the North for both of us. And so let me tell you about Tamika. She is a muse, a magician, a mentor, a marketer, and a creative. These are the most common words that precede an introduction to her. And I can definitely say that's the case. She's the CEO of Arisha Creative, an inventive nurture marketing agency that serves leaders in the online coaching industry. She's also the creator of the Nurture Matrix, a unique evergreen nurture marketing framework that's revolutionizing the way master coaches approach social media and email marketing, generating millions in premium coaching program sales along the way which I can attest to, like your marketing just is amazing. But, but the best part about it is that your clients don't lose their voices, which we can talk about today. And finally, Tamika hails from Ontario, Canada, up north. You're north. I'm, I'm the yeah, north. I'm north. actually, for, yes, farther north. That's a, it's a myth, right? A lot of people think mm-hmm. Minnesota is south of Ontario. That's not the truth. All right. On the lands first owned by the Misaguas of the Credit First Nation with her husband and children. She can often be found swooning over her Spotify daily mix in a hot bubble bath or trying to try to perfect her oyster shucking game. I want to know about that. <laughs> Shout out to amateur oyster shuckers everywhere, Ursula. A couple years ago, I figured out that it was like New Year's and I don't want to go anywhere. And I'm like, I really want some oysters in champagne. And so I, me and YouTube, and a very dangerous looking situation <laughs> has been looking on very, <laughs> very nervously. I figured out how to shuck my first oyster and I've been unstoppable ever since. <laughs> wow. Like That's one of those things where you're like, I just never would have guessed that. And I love that so much. And I love that you added the champagne in there too. So, so awesome. So tell us, let's just start with your story. Like what, what has brought you to this business, this moment in time and this interest in really helping people nail their marketing? Yeah. Thanks. Um, you know, I've been a marketer since day one. That's what I went to. I have a business degree, you know, spent some time in the corporate marketing landscape. Um, and so I've been an entrepreneur for almost 11, yeah, 11 years now. And, but I didn't start out sort of in the content marketing and the coach marketing. You know, I actually started a business in fashion event marketing. Uh, I used to do like pop-ups and connect retailers with um, local brands and all of that good stuff. And it was lots of fun, lots of glitz and glam and events and everything. Um, 
but I wasn't feeling connected. I wasn't feeling passionate and I wasn't seeing the revenue that I wanted to make come in. Talk about like, I would have been happy at that point to like <laughs> one and a half X my revenue, like one X my revenue. I don't know. I was, remember <laughs> right? like, yeah. it was, it was struggles. But the cool thing about that was that was really my entry point that dissatisfaction and feeling kind of like a failure really in that first business is what connected me to the coaching industry. I hired my first coach, um, you know, started to go down the coaching rabbit hole in the, in the spiritual um, personal development, you know, rabbit hole a little bit to figure out how I could create something that, you know, channeled my passion and gave me a sense of purpose. And of course created some money because that, you know, it's not a business otherwise. That's right. right? Yeah. Exactly. And so along the way, um, as I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to be when I grew up as an entrepreneur, I really leaned on sort of my marketing roots and just kind of consulting, doing consulting work and, and that sort of thing. And when I had been uh, in corporate marketing, a lot of that uh, was around messaging strategy, communication strategy, right? So I just brought those skills and started to kind of freelance a little bit. And um, as I was freelancing, I was connected with a coach that we both know. Um, she was someone that I had hired and I saw that she was putting out a, a job. She was looking for a content marketer. And I was like, well, I've been consuming her stuff for, for quite some time. I know enough about content marketing. I, I can write, like, let me, you know, raise my hand for this. And I, I got the role, um, which was such a blessing for me at the time, because I, I really just needed some stability. I, st I didn't need a lot of contracts. I just wanted like something to give me that like stable income that I hadn't had in my first business. Um, so I stepped into to this uh, coach's business and um, shout out to Elizabeth Purvis. You know, we both, we both, yeah, we both know and love Elizabeth. Right. And she, you know, for those who know her very successful, um, coach, you know, to the tune of, of six, of seven, you know, high multi six, seven figures, um, easily. Right. And so what that did for me was allow me to see what was going on behind the scenes in a successful coaching business. And what I could see was a bit of a gap. A lot of these folks, um, had sort of grown, you know, having freelancers and contractors and kind of like, you know, people doing marketing tasks, Right. But yeah. there was a real gap in terms of um, having marketing leadership. Like they essentially were acting as marketing director, telling their various freelancers what to do. Right. Um, and so being, yeah. So being in Elizabeth's business, what I was able to do is become sort of a collaborative partner for her and help take some of that weight of being the marketing marketing director for her kind of like off her, her plate. And in that role, as I was sort of assuming that role, I was really looking about ways for us to, to do things more efficiently. Elizabeth's super ambitious, you know, uh, has really high, high goals. And, um, you know, at the time her business looks very different right now, but at the time she was running a business that sort of lived by launches, right? The big, yeah. you know, kind of quintessential launch all, you know, we studied all the things, uh, product life, uh, cycle by uh, Jeff Walker, like all the things, right. The ways that coaches would traditionally historically, cause it's really shifting now, um, how they would go ahead and launch. We were doing all of that. And let me tell you, it is a lot, you know, there are other marketers or, or folks in the marketing kind of department on the team, but Elizabeth and I essentially were creating all of the content co collaborating and creating it together. And we kept getting into this place where we would, you know, put all of our energy into all the launch assets, create six zillion emails and social posts and, you know, all, approve Facebook ads, all the things, right. That are required content wise for a launch. Uh, we get it all out there, you know, launch would go. And then we'd kind of like sit back a little bit and be like, 
okay, what, what next? And we would try to start to, you know, shift from launch mode into sort of like nurturing mode. But we were so exhausted from launch mode that we couldn't seem to ever get our bearings. Like this, we always had this idea of like, having, you know, nurture content or, or just like that low period between launches. I don't know if we were even calling it nurture at that time, but it was just sort of like launch time and not launch time. And on not launch time, the idea was to deepen relationship, give value, all of those pieces. But because we were so exhausted after launch, um, even when we try to get these ideas out, you know, and, and, and give ourselves some lead time, it was often really difficult to do that. And before we knew it, it was time to start planning for launch again, because those launches, you know, even if you've done them a million times, it like, there's a lead time for prepping all the things, even when it's just as simple as like tweaking a bit of copy and changing dates, there's still a significant amount of time that goes into it because there's just a, sh a lot of content, right? There's a ton of content. So we were just always in this place of like not being able to get ahead. And, um, you know, ultimately what that signaled to me was like, there had to be a different way. And so, uh, you know, Elizabeth um, grew in sort of her uh, clarity of her mission and vision, kind of ditched the launch pieces, de decided she wanted to run um, her marketing team as more of a, a, an actual employee, like hired team and so made some changes and it was the perfect time for me to also um say okay i think i know what i want to be when i grow up <laughs> you know i think it's time like i really want to serve as marketing counsel for for coaches um who are in that kind of gap of like hiring the contractors and needing that um needing some direction. And specifically, I want to focus on nurture marketing because, you know, as I was kind of percolating and like really reflecting and looking at what was happening um, while I worked with her team, um, I noticed or I, I kind of came, arrived at the idea that if we could um, really clarify what our, what our nurture period needed to look like, if we could get really strategic around what the messaging needed to be um, to warm folks up, we could probably start to, you know, create some bits that were evergreen. And if we had some content that rolled up between launches that was evergreen, well, we wouldn't be on that content creation treadmill that we found ourselves on. Because even if we were still doing launch stuff, you know, we would have a set of, of content that would just give us a bit of a foundation. And I took it even further and I was sort of like, huh. And if we get really clear on what that messaging is um, that needs to go out in this nurture period, I wonder if we can actually see folks enroll more quickly come launch time. I wonder if this can also help our launches be less crazy, right? And the answer is yes. You know, so I, I you know, created this um, evergreen sort of nurture marketing framework that I call the nurture matrix and uh, started testing it out. And I found it to be true. Yeah, it really and truly um, had our clients, you know, enrolling, you know, they're filling their programs in a fraction of the time um, often without having to even get to like, they started doing launches just because it was like a fun thing to do. And almost as a lead generation tool, instead of it being the place where all the sales happened, because people were stepping into programs beforehand, yeah. um, people were raising their hands and saying like, you know, can we get in now? And so the answer, of course, you know, they, they had to make some adjustments to how they, um, enroll their program, but the answer was yes, sure, <laughs> sure we can. And so, um, yeah, you know, the, the nurture matrix has been, growing and evolving ever since. And, and um, yeah, just such a blessing to be able to help um, coaches who I love and respect to get their message out further and faster without having to kind of, you know, go through the burnout that is 
you know, the launch crazies and even content marketing, right. Without any intention can also become a whole giant time suck. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. I love what you said, the content creation treadmill, or as I like to think of it, spaghetti against the wall until, you know, to see what works. And that this, what I want everyone to really hear, and you are such a master at this is building an evergreen nurturing nurture sequence that can that can be consistent because with with so many of the entrepreneurs that i worked with it's like the piece that's missing is the consistency and also this belief that this is something i struggled with and we talked about it on the the pre-show that idea that you have to keep creating and keep creating like you said the content creation treadmill that if it's my belief was that if it wasn't new someone would notice and the truth is and my clients have told me this we have to hear it yeah. And marketing experts have told us this. We have to hear it like nine or 10 times, right? And I, I love reading Elizabeth's emails, like in the way that you've worked with her and the way that she tells stories. I'm like, and I'll see when I'll be like, oh, I think I've seen this before. And I really, my brain's and like, you still I still read it anyway. <laughs> because I'm like, it's so good. And yes, I want that. I mean, I, I read it from both a client perspective of like, oh, I want whatever that is. And from a perspective of, wow, this is so genius and how she's connecting with me and how I'm getting this. So anyway. Yes, yes, and yes. And I want to circle back to a few of those things as well. And first of all, I want, I want to hear more about your biz. I want to hear yeah. about your business because I, this wasn't, so some of this is unscripted, right? So all of our listeners know that, you know, I have, I have my list of questions I like to ask about quantum revenue and there's other things that we're going to throw in here. And one of the things that I think is, is that I wanted to bring up because it keeps coming up on calls. And so I think it's on, not on calls on our, on our interviews. I think it's important in this time to talk about how important is, in your opinion, is recurring revenue? Oh my goodness. Like Ursula, it is, <laughs> that is the only thing, right? It's everything, like, right? It's everything, right? Yeah. It's absolutely everything. Um, because otherwise you're just, you know, you're so at the mercy of like always trying to fill the thing, right? Like how else do you, there's, you can get in a number of different, get on a number of different treadmills within your business. And I truly believe that like always having to fill the little tiny thing um, up front is another treadmill in itself. You're in that sales cycle, like, you know, awesome. every five seconds, right. All the time. Yeah. 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 It's so, yeah. And so I knew, right. Like I knew out of the gate when I was sort of determining how the agency would work, like one of these pieces, one of the pieces that was super important to me was like, this can't be a thing where I'm always like pushing the boulder up the hill. Like I am creating a um, entity that lifts and supports me and how I want to experience my life and my business. And I definitely, you know, having been a part of a number of businesses that, you know, do a really intense launch. It was like, there's no way in hell. Like, in fact, my team <laughs> recently, right? Like, there's no way in hell I'm going to do that. Like, I just will not. And it's funny because my team now we're, we're working on rolling something out and launch. And I'm like, even allergic to the word. I, I say like, we're doing an active enrollment campaign, Ursula, because I am so allergic to the launch. Um, and they're, the team is kind of like, Tinka, I know you said you didn't want to like launch this, but I really think we should do a big campaign to let people know that we've got this, you know, webinar and like all these things. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, yes, you're right. We need to get it out in the world. I just am not going to build a business that always has me kind of like climbing this, you know, mountain to, to fill a program. So even from like, from day one, we really, even before the nurture matrix was sort of our signature offering, yeah. I had started out with this idea of like six month and 12 month retainers. I'm like, marketing is a long game. 
anybody who tells you otherwise is, you know, misrepresenting what marketing actually is. It's a giant experiment. So a month long experiment, right? A month long experiment, right? Is probably not enough, you know, so within six to 12 months, we can, we have enough time to kind of course correct and try different things. And it's, you know, it's the reason why the way that we roll out the done for you nurture matrix. Now it's really like a seven month kind of engagement because we create all the things, put them in place. And then we start to figure out like, what else, what other things can we, can we tweak? Not necessarily just in the nurture marketing, but like, how do we ensure the right people are going through the nurture sequence? And is there anything we want to tweak on the back end as well? Like we've got that time, you know, we, you and I have had conversations around what other elements of, um, you know, funnel might change. Right. So this idea of like, oh, we just do a little, you know, have a little touch point and then we move on and we have to sell it to like 60 other people um, to see numbers. Like, no, like I always wanted to have a business. Uh, this version of the business, it was just really about how do I keep things super simple, uh, streamlined, efficient, um, so I can actually enjoy myself because my, you know, first iterations of the business were, you know, certainly you can imagine fashion event marketing. Like I was like at spinning top, right. There's just events and things and, you know, all the time doing stuff. Um, I just, at this point wanted to have something where it's like, let's go deep for a long time, (laughs) have that recurring revenue on my end. So that's the win for me. Right. I get, and I also get to have that, you know, sort of stability that I want to feel and experience. And for my clients, it means that we actually have a long enough relationship that I can help you. Like I can, you know, bring brilliance to you because it's not just like a little short two second encounter. Like I can kind of understand what works for you. What's in alignment for you. And then also, you know, sort of, um, come up with different strategies and and tweaks that we can make, uh, you know, just for you. Right. Peaks being the key, right? Like such a, like, I I just want to make sure we highlight this point about marketing that it's not only like, is it a long game? Like you said, it's also, it also requires work, attention, focus, and we have to pay attention to the fact that the world changes very quickly, right? Especially now, marketing's changing, Facebook's changing, Google's changing, everything's changing. And so for us, like one of the reasons I really wanted to work with you is because I'm so tired of all of that changing. Yep. I mean, I, like you, believe that if you can have a simple business model, you can have a simple marketing model. Doesn't yeah. mean you're not going to have to tweak it. Doesn't mean that the messaging, you know, you got to make sure that the things are working, but I, it's, it is, you know, it takes time to fine tune all of those things. It really does. And I find that the, the place where you can find that stability, right. Even in a changing sort of marketing landscape and all the, you know, all the the bells and whistles, it really goes back to being really, really clear about your messaging, being really, really clear about who you're speaking to and the messages that they need to receive. Because, you know, let's face it, the, the, the messages that we come up with in the nurture matrix right now, we help folks roll them out across email and social media. Well, if for some reason, like, you know, inboxes were closed forever. And if for some reason, social media disappeared, you could still take those messages and like write a handwritten letter. And people, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Cause it's a message. Like it's not the medium, it's the message for sure. Yeah. So, right? right. And then that's the other piece of it is like, there is the marketing. And then what are, what else, what are the other conversations you're having with your clients? Yeah. Right. And that, uh, you know, some people are like no sales calls. Some people are sales calls. I'm a mixture. I mean, obviously I teach how to have a conversation and walk someone through a process to become your client or not become your client. Like sometimes we don't even say sell because that freaks people out. Right. It's like, <laughs> we yes. are helping you have conversations to solve people's problems. That's it. And so we do the same thing, you know, in our business. So on that note, I want to, I want to take you back to your business, how it's evolved over the last 11 years. Mm. And 
thinking back to that moment when your one of your annual incomes became your monthly income, mm-hmm. right? It's all happened in different ways, shapes and forms. But was there a moment when that happened where you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Maybe it was your biggest month ever. And what did that shift for you in terms of how you think of money and the business and what was possible? Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. And I can, I can remember it really clearly. Um, you know, so there was that moment, the moment I decided, um, okay, the agency is born. I, you know, kind of announced the world. Arisha Creative exists. It was uh, the fall of 2017, I believe. Yeah, fall of 2017. And um, I had been doing a lot of sort of a lot of inner work, a lot of like expanding my um, belief of what's possible, a lot of work around expanding my capacity to receive. Um, and so, I, you know, I finally got into that place of like, I am, I am ready. This is going. And I, you know, started having um, sales conversations. And it was sort of like for the first time, you know, they felt, um, they didn't feel like number one, like I was pulling, you know, anyone's teeth, mine or or somebody else's, they actually felt natural. And on the other side of them, um, I heard yeses and yeses to, you know, contracts that were, you know, like high, you know, five figure investments. And I just like, I couldn't believe it. Um, but what it wasn't that I, I, it's not that I couldn't believe that I could make the money because I'd actually had experiences where I, you know, sold a five figure package or whatever before. The difference was I sold the packages and I was like excited to get started instead of sort of like terrified that they weren't going to get the results. So for me, the biggest piece was like, yes, you know, I had, I had, I think it was like, I think it was like a 40K week or something like that in terms of booked. Um, revenue was like well, the first time that that ever happened. It certainly represented a collapse in, you know, cause there were definitely years in, in early on in the business that I didn't even clear 40 K. Like I was like, you know, out here, out here hustling. I'm like, I'm making less than I worked, you know, when I was an intern in college, uh, it was pretty, pretty disheartening. But the, the big shift for me was that I, I did it a couple of times in a row. So it happened to be like a 40 K week. Uh, but again, the big piece for me was just the shift in energy in terms of how I felt um, achieving that. Cause I had, again, that those previous experiences where I like, I sold a one-off and then of course, you know, when you step into it with that energy, it was, it was like, you know, you get halfway through the contract and it's like, okay, I'm going to just like give them their money back because like, this isn't working, you know? And it was just, was a mismatch of, um, mismatch of, of client. Like it really, it wasn't who I should have been working with. There was a mismatch of what I should have been charging at the time based on, you know, what I believed was possible for myself and what I believed, um, the work was. So there were just all the energy, like all the pieces were off. Right. So it's not that it hadn't happened before, but this for me was like the, you know, wow moment, um, because it felt so good. And it really did, you know, from that point on, it really did shift um, my belief around what I could do repeatedly. I started, you know, to see results like that, um, you know, monthly and, and just sort of, it became the expectation. Um, and that just really, uh, created so much, like just a release of kind of pressure because there had been so many months where that wasn't the case. And, you know, finally got to the place where I could feel like, oh yeah, like I, I can do this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So great. And yeah. I think you, you really hit on something important that you connected your confidence to your delivery. Yeah. And when that happens and like, we're excited and there's just this knowing we're just, we just know when we're having that conversation with our client, like if they don't take this next step with us, wow. Like that's not great because we know yeah. we can help take them. We know what's possible. We see into their business. And so 
Yes. And for everyone who's listening, it's like when you start to, when you know that it's like the business starts to really expand. And you also said there were, there were years that weren't great. I was joking with somebody yesterday about how in the very beginning, you know, when you have a loss in your business, you can write it off. Like that, yeah. that was the exciting thing, being able to write off your loss in the business. The first, yeah. I think first couple of years for me, yep. to get it off the ground. And um, so on, let's talk about money a little bit more. I mean, yeah. you know, it sounds like you've, you've had a interesting financial journey. We'll call it of, you know, of that. And for anyone who moves from corporate, like you get a salary to, yep. you don't get a salary. And the only way you're going to make money is if you sell something. So what are the, what's the biggest myth about money or revenue in your business that you had to overcome? Mm. The biggest, I think for me, and I still, you know, have to kind of like dial myself back is, is that I have to work really hard for it. Right. There's all the ancestral programming, oh, the black yeah. woman, right? Like, so there's that piece. Um, there's, there's just all the programming around and, you know, my parents were immigrants. Like, so just all the programming around, like you better work. Like, yes, you can, you can make the money, but you're, you better work for it. Like my mom is like famous for, um, (laughs) she would say, (laughs) what did she used to say? Um, she would get pretty graphic. She's a, she was a nurse, a retired nurse. And she's like, do you know what I have to do to make my money? I have to clean, you know, shit. Right. <laughs> right? As a nurse. Right. Uh, and she like, you, I can remember that like as a kid and my sister and I are like looking at each other, like, okay, mom, we just wanted to know if there was more toilet paper, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but you know, kind of the, like the trauma of that sort of like, you know, or that, you know, programming of having to just work so hard for it. So I think for me that that's been the biggest one, because even with those, you know, um, first retainers that I, you know, successfully brought folks into and saw that like, you know, 2X and, and, and actually see the um, annual or sorry, yeah, the annual turn into a monthly income, Ursula, I was doing the most for those clients. <laughs> I love them. I love them. I love them dearly. Um, and like boundaries, yeah. what, um, you know, I was just doing so much for those retainers. And at that time I didn't have um, the confidence to also like start outsourcing in a really big way. So I was doing a lot of it myself, um, like a stark contrast to how things are today. Today I have two full-time employees. Um, you know, I have a lot of spaciousness. I finish work at the end of day and at the end of the day, five o'clock, six o'clock, um, depending, I don't start till later. Like I'm not doing everything myself. Some things are happening in the business that I don't know how to do, which always is like terrifying when you come from that place of like having to, you know, feeling like you have to do all the things. Um, but that, that for me has been the biggest one. And what I noticed and what I'm learning, um, of course, is that the, the less I do really and truly is actually the easier the money comes like, right. The easier it is to receive it. Um, you know, but it, it is, it is one that will like every once in a while, you know, we did a bunch of sort of re-engineering in terms of how we deliver, uh, the nurture matrix, um, and started kind of that process in, um, yeah, in the fall of last year, just trying to figure out how we could deliver more value to folks. And again, just really focus on, uh, the fact that this is something like anything in marketing that you want to have some time to adjust and tweak and everything else. So, um, you know, I went from, you know, originally delivering the nurture matrix as something that we would attempt to roll out as quickly as possible, right? Like we just try to get it together and roll it out because we would work with a lot of like high start, high quick starts and people that just have that right and patient and, and, you know, (laughs) right. And just the, you know, that we want to have it in place before the next launch. And I would totally like bend to it and just go, sure, no problem. Um, you know, and, and in that, in that there was even kind of the doing the most, right. Cause we're like, oh, you know, working around the clock to get this thing out to the client. 
Um, and what I went through in the fall to really look at the process was I got super clear about what's actually beneficial, what actually will get them a deeper result. And it is how it is sort of pushing back and saying, no, we're not going to rush the process. We really need to get clear on, you know, messaging and strategy up front. Then we can move into creation. And even in that place, we're going to take a little bit of extra time with you just to make sure that, you know, we're, we're doing right by you and, and ensuring that this just isn't like a, you know, a widget that we hand over to you. Here's your nurture matrix widget and off we go. But we actually have some time and space to work with you to make yeah. sure that it's really integrating into your business seamlessly. Right. But in going from like, uh, like, let's do it all really quickly and get it out there to let's take our time. The temptation to like also fill that extra time with like a bunch of extra stuff was really, that was, that was real, right? You know, yeah. that was really, you know, real. Cause I remember the moment that I 2X the rate for the nurture matrix, you know, two years ago, we offered it at, at about half the price that we do today. And, you know, when I, when I took that leap, there was like that, oh yeah, sure. Look at this. Sure. Look at that. Da, 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 you know? And it just, it became like this monster and there was no boundary. We still look at pieces ad hoc, it feels like, but we actually have a, the clients don't necessarily know, but we do have a boundary for what, what is actually beyond scope. Um, anything within your funnel is not necessarily beyond scope, but you know, there, anyway, it doesn't, we've got some boundaries in place so that even like we're able to give um, the high touch support that I really uh, value and, and just, um, that I personally feel like that has been the source of our re referrals and, you know, our, our, you know, the, the positivity that comes with any of our clients that have worked with us, right. Is, yeah. is our ability to, to deliver in that way. And I figured out like we can do it in a way that is not super overgiving. Um, and then certainly, you know, looking at ways that delivery can happen in a magical, amazing way without me literally like dotting every I and crossing every T, because if you leave me, you know, to my own vices, like, I yeah. will totally get back into that mode. It's such a, an, a program thing. So I have to be really conscious of it. Um, and just sort of like lean back and it's where you don't need to do all the things. Um, in fact, when you don't do all the things, that is when there's always like a big expansion. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So I want to unpack a few things with this because you talked about, you know, you talked about over-delivering by the way, my mom's a nurse also. Um, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what, after my parents divorced, like terrible divorce, and then she was out on her own, um, and had to start over basically. Right. And so she, I remember she was making like $3 an hour. And then, so, you know, for her, it was just an interesting journey. And she always thought I was going to be a nurse. And I'm like, I can't even, I, I'm one of those people that when someone takes my blood, I have to be in one of those high chairs and I have to put my head down. So I've tried to explain to her. I'm like, that wasn't in my day. Anyway, one of the things you said is that, you know, just about your journey and being a black woman and all the things that you've had to experience in the ancestral pieces and the programming, what would you say to an entrepreneur who's listening, maybe a black woman who's listening right now, or to yourself 11 years ago, like, what do you wish you would have known because I do think the over delivering is a thing. I, you know, I have a different journey than you, but I've certainly mm -hmm. experienced that um, and this need and, and, you know, for women business owners to keep going. So I just want to give you a chance to expand on that. Yeah, I, I, I really, I mean, what I would definitely say to, to the me, you know, way back then, um, first and foremost is like, before you even start to before you start your business, before you even start to talk about numbers and money, like you need to make sure that you're good. You're in right relationship with money and receiving. And like it, if I could have gone back and done some of the personal work that I've done now around this back then, before I started the business, like, can you imagine, like, can you imagine we were self-aware enough, right? Or so like, can you imagine we were self-aware enough 
to um, do that back then. Like, oh, wow. So like maybe don't try to host an event for 300 people and do all the stuff yourself, like, pro- like including self-sponsorship and set up tables and like, maybe don't do that (laughs) do you know know what I mean so I I think anybody who's listening like if you're and especially if they're here and they're connected with you like they're you know that that desire to want to 2x um 2x your revenue and getting stopped in like if you're feeling stopped in there in some way like there's some there's some work that needs to be done Mm -hmm. um right Mm -hmm. and so you want to have uh you want to have a really great support team to make that happen. And I do believe that that support team, especially for women of color, um, probably includes a therapist along with a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally one that is uh, well-versed in, in sort of an- ancestral programming and that kind of thing. Like I've been working with a really great somatic um, therapist who like, cause a lot of this stuff is like in our bodies, right? Yes. Right. That was, so we're not even conscious of it. Yeah. We're literally right. not even conscious of it, you know? So, um, you know, so having the team, I think, right? Coaching, certainly possibly therapy, maybe something else. Like (laughs) you kind of, you got to figure out what your sort of, um, personal support team needs to look like around money. But I think we spend too often or too much time downplaying that it's really an issue for us, but we know, we know there's a little gremlin. We can hear the little thoughts that like come up when, you know, when we think about raising our prices or we know the giant lump in our throat, um, you know, before we share our numbers in a sales call or like any of those pieces are all little signs and kind of, you know, it's not just you. There's a bigger piece at play um, that it serves you to, to be, you know, to invest in that first, right. There's always the like, well, let me just get some sales and then I will, you know, take care of all the areas of myself. Um, and I, I gotta say like this piece around, um, wealth consciousness and this piece around worth and, you know, the pieces around letting go of um, perfectionism and any of those people like, like that has to, yeah, you gotta, you gotta find a way to, to invest in that first, yeah. um, as best as you can. Cause that, like, that would be my, my biggest piece. I think there's that piece. And I think, um, I mean, you know, again, things always happen the way that they're, they're meant to, but for me, um, becoming an entrepreneur happened because I was, um, I was in a con- a government kind of contract, um, doing uh, community events and relationship relations and that kind of thing. But I, the contract ended early or they chose to end the contract early. And so I was laid off and I was laid off within a couple of days of finding out that I was pregnant with my, with my first um, child, um, which in Canada, not a huge deal. You get mat leave. And, you know, so I was off for a year, got my contract paid out all was well. Um, but I, I, I wish I had thought, you know, I wish I'd kind of stuck out the idea of maybe, you know, having a job that I kind of parallel with, you know, instead of sort of jumping off the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I think that's the other piece. A lot of folks are listening, you know, now and, and maybe looking at how they can um, transition out of a job or like, you know, go full time um, with their, with their business. And I think sometimes like having that stability in some way, shape or form, whatever it is for some people, maybe it's like one stable contract or something that they have that maybe isn't quite how they want their business to go. Um, but it, it provides that, like that just gives you a, um, relaxation response a little bit for your central nervous system. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I think whatever you need to do, cause that, again, saying that like the, going through work around, you know, your like wealth consciousness work when you're like at the bottom is like really hard. 
<laughs> right? When, because right when you're in survival yeah. mode, right? Like it's really, really hard. It's harder to pull yourself out. Um, so having, you know, some sort of stability, like, so your basic needs are met and then, you know, expanding and doing, and doing that work, um, can, I think in my opinion can have, um, change happen a little bit more quickly. Like when I talked about that contract that I had with Elizabeth, that really did that for me. And then I was able to start exploring some other work, some other areas, right. Because prior to that, I would hear the same messages of like, you know, expanding your, your belief and expanding what's, you know, all, you know, all these pieces. Right. And, and, um, I was too in like survival mode to like, like I, you know, it's almost like you get into a place of like, am I, am I losing it a little bit? Right. Cause there you are with like your mantras and like your meditations and like all your things. Right. But meanwhile, you're, you're really looking at your bank account and you're like, Oh, I can't, you know, pay for these things. And, and so the, the, the gap, the belief gap is like too big. Right. Because the evidence you're looking at is like, so, down, you know, down for some people, I mean, maybe they can kind of move through it, but I just, I think that you can, if you're, if you can be conscious of this stuff early, that it's going to come up and then also, you know, try to work through it before you're in, you know, a really, uh, stressful time, like that can do a lot for you too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but to talk about it on the show, I'm trained as a therapist, not to practice, but I wanted a master's degree in coaching. It didn't exist at the time. This was a long time ago. Anyway. Um, but in my, my family history, just, you know, both parents have had depression to a serious degree. And we talk about it as a family. I'm like, let's stop being, sh- you know, having shame around mm-hmm. mental health issues, especially right now in this time, as we're still in the pandemic, kids more than ever are, you know, having suicidal ideation, okay. tweens, little kids, like yeah. all of that breaks my heart. So I just want to put it out there. And, you know, um, I would love it to make it, if you could share with us, um, to put it in the show notes, any like therapist that you would recommend or anything, yeah. especially the somatic work, I think is, you know, a little bit different. I mean, there's so many different kinds of therapy, like right. you research and figure out like, what do I need to work on? Um, I, I agree though. Like I've had years of therapy and it has helped me a lot. And if I hadn't done that work, it'd be really hard to show up the way that I show up today for my clients. Right? Like we gotta, gotta, you know, do our own house cleaning. So Anyway, thanks for talking about talking about all of those pieces because I'm yeah. sure someone who's listening is be like, yeah. And that piece about when there is no money to be like saying all your wealth consciousness stuff can be really challenging. And that's where I think too a therapist can be really helpful just to get yeah. you through to through through those pieces. So okay, we could talk forever. I want I just want to check my list here and make sure. Um, I guess let's just go there. Like you know, for you know, as we're as we wrap up today, I mean, we're really talking about quantum revenue. And so for a CEO who's out there and they're like, I just, you know, I want that seven figure business. What's your, you've worked with a lot of high achievers, a lot of coaches. What's your best piece of advice for them? Mm, It's the advice that they've probably heard a million times before and are like, yeah, soon enough, I will. Um, You got to surround yourself with people who know how to do stuff better and differently than you do. You got to have the right team in place, like getting to seven figures without a team. um, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I certainly know coaches who have done that. I can also tell you that they have probably spent a lot of time now undoing a lot of the stress and... (laughs) right like they probably yeah they have two or three or maybe five like they've got several you know folks that are helping them undo the damage that they sort of did to themselves um trying to figure out how to get to seven figures by themselves um you know I understand that team is one of those things that um they feel like a giant expense until they start to pay off 
Um, and sometimes that's true, you know, like we're, we're training somebody new right now and it'll be a little time before she's actually someone who's like, you know, contributing in, in bottom line revenue. Um, and at the same time, like that's, that's a bit of the, the long game as well, but you like, you, you will not get there, um, as quickly, easily as you would like to, when you're trying to do it on your own, it's, it's just not possible. So, uh, and then I think that like to that building on that is getting really clear about the type of team, right. That you need, because so often folks would be like, well, I need a solution for X, Y, Z. So I'm just going to hire, you know, that particular person who has that particular skill. And so everything becomes this giant silo. Like they've got all these different silos um, in their business in terms of like individuals that they're managing. And there's no cohesion around like the team going towards a, a single vision or a single goal. And it ends up feeling even harder because you're like managing all these people individually. Um, even if you've got like a business manager or something else, and they're managing all these people individually. Like instead of just hiring for, you know, to solve a problem, I, you know, I would love for people who are wanting to see that, like, you know, th- that, uh, that leap that expansion to really think about like what, like start to look at your org chart. Who do you need in place? And maybe you can't hire all those people yet, but maybe you can hire like one person who can, you know, take actual outcomes off of your plate, not just like individual tasks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. We've talked a lot about um, that book that Dan Sullivan wrote, a coach, right. Wrote Mm -hmm. not how it's Mm -hmm. such a great reminder of like the who, but, uh, and and to your point of team and the right team. So stop hiring team just to solve a couple of problems yeah. and go bigger and wider and really think about it in terms of an org chart. Like who, who really needs to be there when that seven figure business is just, is rocking, like who's already on that team. So it's a little bit of future pacing. I think I'm hearing you say. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, I see this a lot with marketing team or marketing hires, right? Cause I just need a copywriter. <laughs> I always just, I just always need a copywriter I know, right? <laughs> and I love copywriters and you probably yeah. need someone who can actually look at marketing vision instead of just like putting pretty words on the paper every once in a while. Like what is the bigger message? Where are you trying to go? Like what, and, and what, like to what purpose, like, you know, so it's, it's really thinking about like, what outcomes do I want to create um, and hiring people to, to solve the outcomes instead of just like, yeah, I need a new copywriter. <laughs> Just today's problem. Awesome. So where, where do you hang out? Where can we connect with you? And I know you have a cool gift for all of our listeners. I do. I do. I do. So I'm usually most often on Instagram. Um, we have like a business Instagram account and then I've got my personal one, but if you ever want to connect with me personally, Tamika is content or content, depending on what day of the week it is, <laughs> um, is my personal Instagram handle. And then you can find Arisha Creative, you know, at Arisha Creative on Facebook and, and Instagram. But that's, yeah, if you, the, the personal connection happens over at Tamika is, um, Tamika's content. Yeah. And then the beautiful giveaway that I have for folks. So we talked, we touched a little bit on nurture marketing. Um, and the biggest question that most folks have is like, are, they're like, I'm, I'm putting stuff out on, on social and email. And it's supposed to be like the intention behind it um, is that I'm nurturing my community, but like, is it actually turning, you know, new leads into new clients, right? Few people go and actually think about that. They're just, I'm doing some nurturing. And that's kind of the way the conversation stops. My invitation, um, anytime that I, that I speak with anybody about this is really, you know, it's, it's not enough to just do the thing, like put something out to nurture, you know, I mean, you can, but that's what keeps you on the content creation treadmill. That's what keeps you feeling like you have to create something new all the time. Cause there's no rhyme and reason. You're just throwing that things out there. Right. 
So instead, what I love to invite people to do is to think more strategically and really connect in like, is your nurture marketing engineer to turn more new leads into new clients? The answer is usually, I'm not sure. And so to that end, we have a really awesome uh, freebie that we like to share with folks. It's called the Nurture Opportunity Scorecard. It's like a self-assessment that folks can use to look at their own social media, look at their email marketing, and, and mo most importantly, dig into some of the messaging behind it. It's got a little free training in there as well that kind of explains how to use uh, the scorecard. But that is always my my favorite um, gift to give because that's a first step for you to to really start to look and identify like am i am i creating nurture marketing that's that earns its keep am i creating content that's really going to actually turn into sales at some point or am i just giving myself another full-time job on top of all the other hats that i'm wearing um, right so folks can get the nurture opportunity scorecard at uh, nurturematrix.com uh, forward slash scorecard Got it. Nurturematrix.com forward slash scorecard. That'll be in the show notes. Make sure you grab it. And also um, hang out with Tamika on Instagram and all the places. Tamika, this was so much fun. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. For thank you. <laughs> all you do for us, for my company, how you support us. I know we ask a lot of questions and you're so that patient was. with us. And we're like, how does this go here? And does this fit with this? And is this upside down? So anyway, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure, truly. Yeah, and I know we're going to be hanging out a lot in the future and in all the ways. So thanks for being here. I know it's going to be a treat for our listeners and for our listeners all over the world. Much love. Thank you for hanging out with us. I hope you got took lots of notes today and definitely get that scorecard from Tamika. That's it for this week. We will see you back next week. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. And if you are ready to make your next quantum leap, let's do it. Ursula invites you to join us at the 2X Intensive. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.